Pascal's been slaying babes. We're starting, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, Chuck, you've been growing a beard. I've been growing it. a mustache. I started. You I can't saw, see it now. I saw a little bit of that mustache. Yes, there are four or five must, mustache hairs there. <laughs> <laughs> You're just waiting for them to meet in the middle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at them up close. I don't know how you guys have facial hair when it's as swampy as it is. It's too much. What are you talking about? It's fucking, it's, when it's hot, it's brutal. It's lip insulation. This is getting a little pretty <laughs> gross, though. Natural, natural cooling of, of hairs. I think you could, I think, str- I think you could straighten your beard a bit. That's what I was telling my, my, my woman. Yeah. She doesn't want cool. to straighten it. She wants to cut it off. No, straighten <laughs> really? it. Really? I can't imagine why. <laughs> I think it looks really good. Also, dudes on the street whose girlfriends won't let them have beards. They think uh, it looks really good. So jealous. And then very, very huge, muscular, bald dudes with gigantic beards will come up to me and talk to me. Like beard envy? They are, they are beers. 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 <laughs> <laughs> they're the beers. They, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're fans of beards, other beards on other yeah. men's. Got yeah. They, they talk to me until I'm, they realize I'm not down. Yeah, that's probably a like, disappointment for them. I'm a human being with <laughs> with feelings under here. Okay? With a glorious beard. It's not I'm, just about I'm not the beard. just a beard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm moving back to Boys Town in Chicago. So I'm oh looking, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to the attention. Do you have a beard? No, but I don't need one. I got a I, I got a chest. It's good enough. You got a broad chest. I got a chest. Exactly. Oh, you you want to know something I did? Hmm. I shaved half my chest hair. Just <laughs> half? Like the left or the right? You need a job. I shaved the left. <laughs> Why? Uh, I got you to feel like half porpoise? <laughs> no, because I, I was shaving my neck. And then uh-huh. it just, you, you know, going. sometimes it goes down. And I went all the way down. But just on the left side, like a clean line, I got like a two-faced chest going on. Whoa. Uh, all right. Yeah. We got to put well. a picture of that on, on the blog. See, this is I what mean, happens w- when you're not gainfully employed. When you're you're doing your own thing and you're like, you know what? Nobody's gonna stop me from shaving my chest. I got nowhere to be. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I only half. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Shit. Um, oh, I got a new camera. What'd you Good get? Job. I got a Sony A7S. All right. And shoots in the dark. It shoots in the dark. I think it does not walk on water though. Yeah, I mean. So it's the the it does it have a new sensor compared to the ones that they came out with like a year ago or whatever? Yeah, it has a it has a full frame super sensitive sensor. Super sensitive sensor. The S stands for sensitivity. Wow, that's what I tell girls. Honey, I see you've had a bad day, Charles. What? <laughs> otherwise, hang I'm out with my a, new camera. <laughs> otherwise, I'm just a Charles. <laughs> the S stands for sensitivity. That's me. <laughs> I really do like I really do like the idea of you being called Charles. Charles. <laughs> I'm Charles. I'm no, please, please. That. My <laughs> my chest is half shaved. Call me it's Charles. Like Charles, uh, but there's there can be only one <laughs> <laughs> because no one else is that. Their parents aren't that idiotic. No. Got it. Remember when you used yeah. to be Dave's? Dave's. Oh yeah. There was yeah. there was multiple of us. I was a plural being. It was beautiful. Vigoromo. Super but, sensitive man. Yep, that's me. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the camera is good. It's just not that, uh, there's a little bit of a noise problem. 
which I think is kind of crappy. So but for video, right? For video, you're always shooting at 3200 ISO, which kind of introduces a little bit of noise. But if you throw um, noise reduction on it, it's totally fine. Mm. But that means that in daylight, you have to use an ND filter for like pretty much the whole thing. Wait, so sucks. It, it doesn't move down from 3200? It can, but then you can't shoot in S-Log2 mode, which is the way that you uh, want to shoot to like uh, pack all the maximum dynamic range in The there. old Slog2. So uh, basically, it's really, really awesome, not perfect. Um, that's it. Not unlike yourself. Hey, look, we, we all have flaws. We're all humans here. We all have floss. <laughs> we all have floss, unless you take out the S and then you I don't flaw. I don't use floss. That's pretty stupid. I, yeah, I can't wait to lose all my teeth. Then I can have the best dentures on Earth. That'll be great. You can, put, you know, you can switch them out. I'm going to do Warby Parker for dentures. <laughs> New thing. So wa- walnut teeth? Yep. Oh, mm. last George, night I saw Washington. apes and shit. Oh, yeah. <gasps> How'd that go? Uh, it's good. It's better than robots and shit. Hmm. Yeah. Did you I guys see s- robots and shit? The robots and shit transforming being transformers. Yeah. No. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not gonna okay. pay money for that. Have we seen it yet? Have you seen it? I've seen it. Why did I ask? Have we seen it? Because we were, we, were, we were gonna see it. We were gonna see it, and then I was like, I got shit to do tomorrow, and I do not want to sit in a movie. Oh, yeah, we were eating Jamaican food, and then everyone sounded like Sebastian from Little Mermaid. <laughs> Little Mermaid. Hey, Ariel. <laughs> Yeah, something about Don't that kiss seems the girl. something about that seems racist, but that's I mean, all. All the racism is on Disney's part. Yeah, true, very much it's, true. We're just Justin's we're lovable. parroting the racism. It's not. It can't be on yeah. us. We should know better, but yeah, we, we were raised on the racism. Yeah, we weren't raised under the sea. No, <laughs> life could be better <laughs> if down we were wetter. <laughs> down where it's wetter, something like that. Race to the bottom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Charles and I were at this cool event last night, mm. right? Was it cool? Would you call it cool? Uh, yeah, uh, I would say actually the air conditioning was not working. Yeah, <laughs> so it was it was moist. It was, it was emotionally it was cool, but very warm. Yeah, yeah it was of- the it was the electric objects pop up stores thingy party. Yeah, how does that thing look? So that's a uh, um, it looks it looks cool. I have one. I have one in my apartment, but it's like. The prototype. It's literally oh, like that? a screen with some wires duct taped to the back. Nice. Uh, but it looks, it looks it's, legit. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so it looks nice. It's I've, not on. Yeah, I, I had to unplug it because yeah. I was. <laughs> it was a fire it. hazard. <laughs> well, that too. Looks cool. I was. Uh, I was. Working I like on the a few frameless display. That's pretty hot. Yeah. So wait, I think in the Kickstarter thing, somebody should describe what this thing is. By the way. Yeah, so I think the best way I, I've heard it described is a a frame for the the art that you would find on the internet. So mm. like you you and it's find, a digital frame. So. Yeah, it's, it's a digital frame, so it'll display still in an animated art. So imagine like the art that you would see in your Tumblr dashboard. Um, the art that you see there, you only ever see it between all these other posts and likes and note counts and comments and all of that crap. Even and if it's, it's like 500 Facebook. pixels wide. Yeah, exactly. And there's some really fucking awesome digital art on the internet. But you always look at it on this like tiny screen or a Thunderbolt monitor with a bunch of other windows it's around it. It's also very throwaway. And yeah. this, is yeah. like, this is a dedicated display just for that art. Yeah. 
And I think the other idea is that there is a there is a iPhone app slash website where art that was specifically created for the display. Um, you can go and and uh, and put it on your screen, and you can create a collection of art that you like and and, and watch it in rotation. Like pictures of a family reunion. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I, the first question I asked them was, can it display the weather? Because <laughs> that's what you need more in your life is another weather thing. Yeah, Is it just yeah. purpose-built to just show art and nothing else? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just for yeah. art. There's no sensors. There's, that's there's what nothing. it needs to be. I it think they're, yeah. they're, they're talking about like some developer API for doing some stuff with it if you wanted to... like. Build your own apps to send art to your electric object, but it's really meant to be this ambient kind of thing. Like you would place it amongst other things that you would normally hang on your wall, like a print or like a really great painting. Um, Got it. So yeah, they did the they did a Kickstarter like last week. And it just started, right? It's yeah, and they open. they're way over their goal. I think yeah. within like three or four hours, they're already at five hundred percent of their. It's like three hundred bucks or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think they are at like $400,000 and the goal was like $50,000. Yeah. Yeah, I was at, I was at the event and my buddy Jacob Bijani who's one of the co-founders there now. Uh, used to have great hair then he cut it off and then he lost all his power. It's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that guy, that mortal was like, yo, you, yo, you got an electric object yet? And I was like, wait a moment. I guess I don't. I had a prototype. I had one of the first prototypes in my apartment um, for a number of weeks, but I guess I hadn't bought one of the finished ones. And it was like mm. the fastest like pitch and sell that's ever happened to me. I was just <laughs> tossing money at him. He used the Kickstarter app to try to purchase an electric object. Nice. It's still hard to purchase stuff with your phone. Yeah, just don't bother. Amazon. I want to buy audio books and Kindle books every once in a while from Amazon, but they don't let me on my fucking oh, phone. Oh, yeah, is that is total pile bullshit. Yeah. Total bullshit. Yeah, I, I love it when I'm done with a, with a shitty Audible book, Yep. and then I'm like, oh, okay, that was shitty. I'd like a new Audible book. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, when, when, and there's a fucking tab at the bottom, and you click on it, and it's like, Here's an image. <laughs> Literally. Have you ever seen this, Pascal? No. It's retarded. At the end of Kindle books, so yeah. in the same way, you, you, you finish a book and you're like, okay, great. Like if you're reading a series or something of fantasy novels, which I'm often doing, uh, you'll be like, all right, I want the next nerd book. But, and you're like, okay. Click, and then nothing it's happens like, because it's, like it's just a fucking bo- image. More books. Yep. And then I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a picture of that book that you really want to buy. <laughs> so yeah, you have to go to you have to go and buy it in the browser and what the whole fucking thing. Yeah, come on, Amazon. I mean, and is yeah. it just because it, they don't want to give money to Apple? Probably like, based on in-app purchases. Oh or yeah, something like you know, that? you know that's probably exactly what it is. Yeah, they're but, like, hey, or they're not allowed to do it. Or I bet they are. I bet it's just they like just a, don't want to. Their margins are so low already. They don't want to give up the. Buck Mar- or whatever the hell it yeah, is. Yeah, margins on virtual books. Yep. Yeah. Margins are slim. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to make everything, but now we're going to make nothing because we made it impossible for anybody to find books. This came up on my... The one good part about my <laughs> vacation is I was able to go out on a, parch, a porch... A porch? A porch. A porch parched. I was parched on a porch. 
and read Kindle books, and then I would finish a Kindle book overlooking a river, which is nice, and then I couldn't buy another Kindle book, and I had to go to a browser, and it was a whole pile of horseshit. Oh, man. So, it's all over once you're in a browser, man. I know, man. And then I'm just, like, looking at other things and don't have internet. It's really rough. Uh. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, they need to work on that and fix that shit. But electric objects sounds cool. Is the yeah. screen super high res or it's about high res enough? It's high res enough. It's yeah. a, the same resolution as like a so it's just an LCD. Are yeah. there seventy two yeah. dots per those inches? Got it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. You guys, you guys want to talk about what we're supposed to talk about? This we is should. kind of fun. Yeah, I'm catching up. We're catching uh, Gabin. We're just Gabin. Gabin like three dudes. Three dudes just, Gabin. Redo's Gabin. Gorham's Gab Sesh. None named Gabby. Nope. Yet. <laughs> or Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel. Gabbers. Gabathina. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Pascal, introduce with the thing we were going to talk about that we maybe have some things to say a thing about. Well, I wanted to talk about engagement versus happiness or, like, numbers-driven stuff versus going with your gut. Mm-hmm. Wait, are those are those? Can those be two different things? Uh, I'd say there's a huge amount of overlap. Yeah, there's a Venn diagram in there somewhere. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a picture there. Yeah, cool. Um, so this was this was uh, this was tipped off by by an event, correct? Yeah, Facebook's great psychological experiment where they uh, changed people's news feeds. They changed their timelines and showed. Uh, a group of people, uh, a worse timeline, like, I guess, uh, sadder posts, and Mm. then uh, they would omit some and show people happier timelines as this big psychological experiment with a non-trivial number of people. This is when I was in the mountains, and so I missed pretty much the whole uproar. I just came back and saw Facebook is uh, an inhuman monster, and they're fooling with your emotions, yeah. So hey guys, people not pleased with this in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But remember, remember when that Austrian dude became in power in Germany and then murdered all those people of a specific race? Is this uh, Mozart? Is, is this worse or better than that? Yeah, it's on the same scale. Mozart <laughs> joke. <laughs> uh, I I didn't I didn't have a problem with it. So here's the thing that. I I well not not what I just used as an example, but but the Facebook. <laughs> <You> got- <laughs> I mean, genocide is kind of okay. Um, I'm just saying that people were like up in arms about it in a crazy, crazy way, um, and I think that a lot of those people were just looking for something to be they, angry about. They're like they're like, don't you slip. Because yeah. if you make one small mistake, we're going to blog about it. So um, I, I don't have a full understanding. So it was a psychological experiment to see what. it was. It, were they trying to determine how social so, networks work or how um, people interact with content? Or what, what were they attempting yeah, to Yeah, ba- basically for anybody that hasn't heard about it, that Facebook for a select group of people showed, I, I guess, knowing... They they showed knowing that the they showed people's in people's feeds a selective group of negative posts from their friends and then as a result um, their posts became negative um, and on the reverse on a on a on a flip bucket 
uh, they showed positive and people would maintain positive positivity or become more positive. Um, I guess just proving that um, when you live in a bucket of shit, you become shit. <laughs> uh, which I, well, I kind someone of someone finally proved it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so that, that's it. And so people are like, you've been toying with my emotions, Facebook. Oh, I demand all my money back. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. So I, I well, think that, I mean I understand. So here's the, but come on, it's fucking Facebook. Don't be yeah. on Facebook in the well, first man, place. I have, so uh, yeah, what's Pascal? What you you took? Sure, sure. One of one of my friends. I, I heard a story from uh, from him where uh, he was going to meet up with a friend, and I don't know exactly what the relationship with this friend was, but this friend's like significant other or something had died in a fucking car accident Mm. and he didn't find out about it because he didn't see the post that was on facebook that was like yo this person like passed away and that was like the way that his friend had decided to break the news to everyone Mm. facebook just decided not to show that in his timeline so he like hung out with him he's like hey how's such and such and he's like oh man i thought you like would have seen the post like fucking died in a car accident and that was just completely omitted from his timeline like was that related to the experiment or just how um, facebook is doing their i think like they they choose what to show you i don't know like how much that's connected to the experiment but i think that lies within the same bounds of them like deciding algorithms are related probably um which is crazy because i think he he was using it as i think something he expected to be a utility where he doesn't really have a huge number of friends on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, he expects it to be like just really a linear feed of like. Yeah, like update. a fire, a fire hose of news. Yeah, like, this like is my... and so little content that he could just read through all of it. So yeah, a personal network, which is basically what. Yeah, what and I think a lot of people. Be, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people who who use Facebook in that way feel pretty emotionally invested in it because that's where they get a lot of their information and stay in contact with their family and Not friends. Not this guy. And, uh, <laughs> nope, because <yeah>. he can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, apparently he can't find out if his friend's like significant other is alive or dead. Which is so, fucking terrible. On, on that well, side, of for, th- I mean, you're putting your trust in in. Yeah, first this step thing. is don't sure. use Facebook. Which is, <laughs> I mean, I understand that. I mean, you got, he got burned, obviously, and... yeah. I don't know. It's one of these things where you've but, got a tide of people that are there, so everybody is in one place. But the larger question is, like, let's let's abstract this a little bit. Yeah, your what you're saying is, it, what's the broader what's the broader point? Well, what's the, okay? So, I think the reason that Facebook omits those types of posts and only posts like more positive things is so they can get more engagement. Course. It's a they, manipulation. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They and they they survive off clicks. If yeah. something doesn't generate a click, it's fucking useless to them. If they can get more clicks, if they can get more data out of people, it's way more valuable. Even if they create an experience that gets less engagement out of someone but leads to them having a happier offline experience. Like we like something happens on Facebook and then Someone goes and meets up with someone and has an awesome time. Yeah, you and- won't need to do that in the future with the <laughs> Oculus Rift. Nope. You're just going to be able to see into each other's yeah. minds. Yeah. yeah. Nothing will be offline. We'll be taking our 
each other's yeah. clothes off yeah. <laughs> with Oculus Rifts on. So, I mean, this, this like brings up the, the sort of point about designers in general, designer, designers in the broader sense of the word, not people pushing pixels around, like designing but, experiences and having to take into account that manipulation is a part of the job that we do because, mm-hmm. you know, you're manipulating people to click a thing, you're manipulating people to feel a thing. Absolutely. Like that is fully part of what you're supposed to do. But you walk a line when you get to a point where you create something addictive or yeah. anything like that. It's kind so, of like an ethical line. That- and there's no Hippocratic oath for user experience designers, which means that your morality sort of has to guide you. And it's easy to get swept up in the idea that you're going to create a game for the sake of creating a game because you want to keep people around and, and you know generate those impressions. But... Yeah, I don't know. Not enough people talk about that stuff. Yeah, it bothers me. I, it, yeah. It's that's a yeah. question that doesn't get asked enough. Like, is the thing actually good for people? Like, is it? <laughs> well, I there's mean, all that Farmville shit and people yeah. wasting their money and and these game mechanics are meant to be addictive. So, and then Facebook is such However, a big entity. Let me let me play let me play the Satan. Um, <laughs> no, not, not necessarily. What I'm, what I'm Go ahead and jump say, in with the Austrian perspective. <laughs> what, what I'm about to say is basically that things have a way of correcting themselves. Uh, you used Farmville as an example, yeah. and those tricks worked. Until once. they don't work, yeah. Yeah, and then they just stop working, and as a result, you know how much Farmville is going on Facebook right now? Not a whole fucking lot. Nah, uh, also, I understand that, but and during also, the period that it's it's heightened, though... The, also, the, my my efficacy of using Facebook in any sort of way uh, is basically almost. I mean, it's not nothing, but it's almost nothing to the point where I like I just don't go to it anymore. Yeah, and you know what? They screwed themselves on that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was theirs to lose, and they lost it, and it's yeah. completely as a result of their behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I can totally understand why people use it. It's just like for me. It doesn't serve that purpose anymore. I don't see anything from the from the friends I actually care about. Uh, it just doesn't serve a purpose, and there, therefore, the the hammer swings back the other way. Yeah, um, I mean, and they, so yeah. if you make those bad decisions, and the bad decisions have a negative impact on your user did base, you, your user base is going to abandon you eventually. Yeah. Did you Did you guys see that? Um, there's a new Google design guy, and he's very good at wearing a uh, tight... That guy's creepy looking. That, the, yeah, the, <laughs> the fucking, Matthias the, guy? Yeah. Who is the it? Fucking, he, the people that wear... And now I know a lot of I people... I created material design. Yeah, <laughs> I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast probably dress like this, but the people that wear <laughs> scarves with their t-shirts. Mm. Yeah, he's one of them. He's one of them. <laughs> now he does, He's not wearing a scarf and a t-shirt in the video. He's wearing like a super ornate. Looks like the Joker yeah, suit. Yeah, he looks like really what? Yeah, all right. But, but the point is Riddler that he suit. Ma- what he's talking about is. Um, do, you, do you remember what it's called? The thing that he's working on. Material design. Material design. That's another yeah. thing I missed uh, while I was in the mountains. Okay. So Google I at least all of at it. least what he was like the promise of what he was talking about was oh. You don't. You don't have to like spend thought in design on your <laughs> yeah, UI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just put shit in there, and then as people use it, uh, it sort of morphs around them, becoming yeah. the UI. Just use our formula. Yeah, our simple formula. 
And and I'm like, uh, designers design the way people should interact with things. Now, obviously, yes, you want you people should want to get to the information or the function that they're that they're trying to get to as soon as possible. However, I don't know if that's solved through creating this this. Uh, I don't know. So formula. there's two, there's two sides of it. Yeah, you can build a foundation and have it. I mean, this is where the bootstrap stuff and 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 frameworks and all this stuff come into play to some degree. You build a foundation and there's a usability concern where things are, are consistent so the, like the expectations are f- like already set up front and then people know how to use a thing and, and their standards and all that stuff. But that doesn't take into account any of the delight that needs to be in an experience that you want to have. You know, it's, it, we it, have successfully quantified emotion. And that is the problem right there. <laughs> and and like you were saying about the Facebook what do you, thing. What do you think the value of emotion is? The value of emotion? Well, why does anyone do anything for any yeah. reason? That's a th- like, why do we care about anything? There's so, an emotional like end goal, right? Like, why do you want to make a movie? in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Teach me to love. <laughs> Teach me how to love. The, the things that you end up yeah. caring about are the things that, that resonate with you because they tell you a good story and that they you want them to be a part of whatever your story is. And it gets oh, tricky. Oh, like Adventure Time? Yes, I mean Adventure Time is well written and the characters are good, and you can see, yeah. you especially if I found that thing when I was a kid, I'd be addicted to it because it's fantastic. And yeah, I mean that stuff does make a difference, and yeah, there's a bunch of like and product stuff that spawns from it that gets a little bit ugly. But pa- Pascal, you you brought up another another point, which was talking about quantification. And measuring the results of something versus just going with your gut. Um, I, yeah, I, I guess it'd be an interesting discussion to broadly talk about that. But I don't, I don't think I ever subscribe to just one or the other. I think I don't that, think that there is. You have to use both, or you're an yeah. Idiot. You're not I, a good I, designer. Period. Yeah, that's and it. I think there are people that are just really pushed towards one side or the other, and that's. I think, I think it has to do problem. with scale a lot too and the environment and what you're making. So instinct is a huge part. You've worked as a designer for a long time and you've figured out these things and your experience should, it makes you an expert. So your expert opinion on how somebody is going to use something that hopefully is informed by knowing what your user base is and who these people are and personas and all that other stuff, right? Like you, you can put your empathy is a huge part of design. So you should be able to put yourself in the shoes of the person you're designing for, that singular person. Let's call her Cynthia. Cynthia is, you know, clicking around and she's experiencing this thing and she's going to run into roadblocks and bottlenecks and you're trying to avoid all that stuff. and, And instinct can take you a long way, especially in the first iteration of something. But later on, things will get more complex. You start having variables like, you know, plans and... And there are there are factors that involve money and, and all this other stuff, and it gets a lot more difficult to to know what decision to make because it's harder to role play these scenarios. Mm-hmm. And, and the bigger the system gets, the harder that that becomes. Which means that you need some way of breaking a tie. So if you're sitting in front of a thing and you can't make a decision on one way or another because both ways seem good you know we should put this over there or the call to action should be here or this workflow could work and this work 
workflow could work, then that's where data helps a lot if you mm-hmm. can ask the right questions. And that's a huge part of it. Because there's a big thing in, in people using data and not knowing how to interpret it. But that's a whole nother. Anyways, it, it, there's a role for both of the things. Like Your experience should, should inform your decisions, and data can help you go further. So. Charles, I feel like I heard you bring up an interesting point when we talked about this uh, maybe a week, a week ago. About last, it, last week in the hit podcast. Oh, yeah. In the hit, in the the, hit podcast that the lost was podcast lost, the Lost was, Forever podcast. We yeah. recorded it to v, a VHS. Uh, it was so good. Yeah, it was a video, a first video podcast. Yeah. Like the reels, <laughs> you could like really feel way. our opinions yeah. yeah, because they were like committed to tape. And I didn't complain about anything. It was a beautiful, positive, yeah. it was gorgeous. We were all at our best. But what, what did I say last week? <laughs> <laughs> we were in an elevator. and uh, What I was I wearing? Dave was wearing a thong, just a thong. And Not Charles likely. was also wearing the same thong. <laughs> yeah, we the exact same thong. Four-legged dudes, thong. thong? Two dudes in a thong. Oh, sorry, when I say thong, I was just lisping the word song. Oh, okay. oh. it's beautiful. Yeah. We were in the thong? We are in a th- song. Was, uh, we were in a song, song. together. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you Chuck were, had something to do with uh, yeah, data you were, something. I think you were bringing up some point about data being able to lead you down the wrong path. or. Well, that's for damn sure. Right. So there's a couple. Um, most people that when they're testing, they don't, they don't test with a statistically relevant data set. And so as a result, yeah. when they when they run these tests, especially A B tests, it basically every time you run a test, you are going to get a jump in the numbers somehow. Yeah. And it, and like as you said, if you ask the wrong question, um, you're gonna think that you had a net positive result. Mm-hmm. But uh but in when it's statistically irrelevant, you may actually run that test uh, two weeks later and get the exact opposite result. Um, And so sometimes it's super important that people see that. Are are you asking the right questions? And when you make the changes, are they, uh, are they, are they, is there a material result? And in a lot of cases, there's really an immaterial result. And I think that's an unfortunate uh, thing for people Mainly because they don't know how to run the tests. And um, yeah, designing an experiment is hard. I mean, there's especially if you've not done it before, and it's easy to pull back confusing data if you don't there's know There's diminishing you're doing. returns as well. Like, yeah. uh, there is a logical limit to most things that you can do. So you say, I got the sign up form on my homepage. You know, it's at 40%. Now, like, 40% is a fucking crazy high great number and if you're trying to inch that up to like 42 percent you're gonna have a real difficult time i mean maybe maybe from 40 to 42 is not crazy but like let's say you're like i need 80 percent of the people that come to this page to convert uh impossible and so if you if you spin your wheels doing something that like if you just asked yourself a question like 10 people come to my website and eight of them are going to sign up. No fucking way. Like that's never going to yeah. happen. So don't try to waste your time and effort on that. Uh, you should be asking questions of, of like, Oh, well the people that sign up that actually, well, I mean, I don't want to spitball like 
what this guy theoretical problem is. But I will say that if you're completely data driven, you start to lose sight of what's what's real great. And uh, in some cases, data is not going to actually in most cases, data is not going to give you the answers to create a great product. It in absolutely some ways, will not do that. Like you know, you're talking about the so there is some level of optimization that you can do once an idea is formed and the story is told. But if you try to design based on wholly on data to make all these decisions with all these fucking AB tests, you start pulling the guts out of your your experience and then it becomes a nothing, which yeah, is you know, defeating the whole fucking purpose of you trying to convert people. Great it's, ideas happen on the beach, in the shower, and when you're pooping. Yep. Uh, and and after you, that, you can optimize, but you can optimize when it you're into page too. When you're looking at analytics and you're writing your own analytic system, uh, it may cause you to ask questions that lead to great ideas, which is really great. But sometimes, just based on tone and feeling, uh, you know, how much would you take to kill your mother? Like, how much money would you, if the goal in this life is to make money, yeah. like, and I was like, I'll give you $2 million if you shoot your mom. That is sometimes the same shit that happens in, uh, the op- during the days of optimization for, for social games, mm. you know, where like literally it's not quite equivalent to like shooting your own mother, but like, how can we rape the shit out of yeah. your, your, uh, address book and like, Fool you into yeah. sending back to notifications. The, the Hippocratic if, oath for manipulation right. and UX. And at some and point, stuff. at some point, you're just like, oh man, this. Do-. You know, I set I set out in this world to make great games that people love to play, not like screw people over yeah. and try to like trick them into paying me like two dollars. And there's a simple way to do this. Would you want to experience this yourself? And if you do want to experience that horse shit, then you're a monster and I don't know how to help you. But I don't yeah. understand. And I get why these decisions get made because the people making the decisions, in a lot of cases, they have quotas they need to hit and they need to make money and they don't care about the experience. They have a very different set of goals, basically. So, I mean... I yeah. But the hammer swings back the other way. When somebody makes something truly great and is not necessarily doesn't necessarily employ all the analytical tactics that mm-hmm. most people do, people see it as fresh. And especially what's weird, now with things like weird, the Facebook junk. Yeah. Yeah, what's weird is that when that fresh stuff comes out, then all the analytical people are like trying to explain why this is yeah of course you know a hit they're like oh yeah we totally foresaw this in the <laughs> yeah, yeah you know using the oracle it's like trying to break down like some formula for why like why queen a was a successful band yeah. yeah yeah why did queen have so many hits well his it was simple math. was so great yeah, <laughs> yeah well t- to equate it to like the uh the game thing like when flappy bird was was peak you had all these social games people being like oh my god how did this even happen we ran all the numbers and like we <laughs> no. can't really figure it out and then some guy would be like oh i think i figured it out we're like you didn't figure out shit it's just like people like simple ass stuff yeah i mean it, or it just hit at the right time 
Like yeah, people yeah. wanted that thing right then and they didn't know it until they had it. And, and you, you can't design for that. And especially data is not going to find that in some I circumstances. I mean, there's the Nate silver stuff and yada, yada, or whatever, but I don't know. Well, Nate silver is an interesting dude in that he himself will not say that, He's not ruled by the data he uses. He's not an he, oracle based on data. No, no, no. Yeah. And he is, I think like people like to pick on him, but he's, he's actually like a pretty interesting dude in that he's like, ah, I just want, I want actual answers to questions. Yeah. I mean, what there, there is the opposite to like, it's easy to be like, oh, analytics will just turn your product into like a mechanical piece of turd. Only but, if you let it. But there is another there is another side to it, and that is being like, this is better because I think it's better. Yeah. Um, and I, I did a little research before I got here, um, and I was I was reading about the hamburger icon and how ineffective oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, if you run if you run uh, you know uh, navbar uh, or is it navbar or tabbar? I forget. Either one. Bar yes. out of the game. Um, but anyways, if you run icons on the bottom versus the hamburger, oh yeah, people will always click on on the bottom, you know, the bottom nav versus the hamburger. Most people, I guess, and this was actually an interesting thing. Mo- uh, like three times more likely to use a hamburger icon uh, uh, if they are iPhone users than yeah. Android users, which is uh-huh. kind of interesting. But in in every case. Uh, hamburger versus uh, versus you know bottom bar visible navigation visible navigation yielded much more activity. So what you're talking about right now is a study. I read some of this. It's done on a specific user base with a specific product, and they have problems that are very specific. So it's back to that sample set. It's it's incredibly hard. Like if Facebook did this study, and they were, they had the hamburger nav, and then they moved back to the so. There, right? They move back to the tab thing. So you can infer that maybe those numbers were similar because their sample set is going to be enormous. And I I don't know. I remember reading that thing, but their user base wasn't huge and it wasn't very general. So it's tough with this stuff, especially when you've got people writing a a Medium post about their personal experience. And it comes back to how you're interpreting that data. It could be that you know my user base is all on iPhone, and they're all designers, and everybody loves a hamburger. So, who knows? Right. You have to do it based on what your user base is doing, the people that are using your app. And it's yeah, different my, when it's Amazon point, and Facebook and whatever. My but point yeah. is is that uh, it's easy to go, hey, I, I'm doing this thing, and then to justify that with a made-up fact... Um, Versus, like, you know, having real data that you can... Of course. To. Sure. The point, um, they, they did do a study, and they did a study for their user base, and they, they determined that they were going to get better, you know, conversion on navigation by putting it in a tab bar. That's good. It's when they you go and write an article about it and, and infer that the it. world <laughs> works that way. That's not how things work. That's not how data works. That's not how statistics work. It's it's inferring based on a small sample set that may not have anything to do with your problem. This is aside from the hamburger nav. That one just came up recently. So right. I, that all that shit always bothers me. People who use data as a cudgel. 
and they've, they've figured out some certain set of circumstances, and you can spin that because the data doesn't lie, right? Mm-hmm. And people will fall for it all the time because they're like, you know, I'm not saying specifically for this hamburger nav thing, but in general, and I've been in situations in, in, on products and stuff where you'll get somebody who, who's done some A-B test and they're bringing you a conclusion and it says this thing and your instinct is screaming that it is so wrong. And you're in this weird position where, okay, they've got evidence and you've got experience. And it does come down to that. And if you're in a design-led company and it's, you're more likely to come out on top with the experience side of things. And if you're in a more analytical engineering-led company or numbers-led yeah. company, it's going to flip the other way. So Fucking I think scientists with their magnets. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be a middle ground. I think Google struggled with that no stuff. No one knows with, how they work. With their dumbass, like, 40 blue colors. And then they hired some designers that, that are versed in, in analytics and versed in intuition, and things got better. But, and fuck magnets. They're yeah. unnatural witchcraft. Yeah. Witch rocks. All right, so Pascal's got to go wine and dine. Uh, wine and dine. Did you want to add anything else? Sorry, I, I hijacked it there. I do that. What do you want to add, Chuck? You got I, anything? I don't want to add anything. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, anything cool? One thing. If Let's hear it. A-B testing. I understand that the allure of A-B testing it seems great, but if you have a little product and you have a little team, A-B testing is the fucking worst thing you can do. Use your instinct, make a single good version of the thing based on good research, and then A-B test later once you have some data. Like, Don't start off your projects with A-B testing. This is not true of everything. If you're in a bigger thing and you've got a longer-term product, uh, whatever, I don't know, but... I hate, I hate this shit where people are talking about like, well, it's just waffling. Just mm-hmm. go with your gut and make a thing that people want to use. <laughs> if you're wrong, then fix it. That's all. I agree. All right. <laughs> so we did it. We did a short episode. That's hey, that first, was pretty good. First of these. We got felt, in. We yelled about good. some stuff. Yeah, we, we did. Talked about data and shit. We talked about apes and shit, robots yep. and shit, robots data and, shit. and shit. I complained about my vacation, which I'm going to cut out because it's stupid. No one wants to hear about a person complaining about a vacation. That's all. Maybe they do. What if our numbers go up, Dave? What if the numbers point to... Uh... We're going to put out two versions. <laughs> one version's going to have me complaining, one version's not. And we're, gonna, we're just going to... Whatever. A-B test is We're going to ignore both numbers. So yeah, I think we're going to skip all the things that we love because we don't love anything right now uh, other than, did you love Planet of the Ape, Apes and shit, Chuck? Uh, it's better than robots and shit, but... Uh, skip it. Did you see Edge of Tomorrow with Tom? I still Kennedy? haven't. I want to yeah, see it. It's it. great. I liked it. Yeah, Apes and shit is good. I'd say Apes and shit is just a little less good than Edge of Tomorrow, hmm. but... I don't want to see he- apes with human eyes. I got no, I got no interest at all. I gotta watch it, man. They if it was a- hippos and shit, I'd be totally down. Dude, Planet of the Hippos. Planet of the fucking hippos. Dude, what about they're just elephants? trying to eat marbles? Baby elephants. <laughs> <laughs> they're so cute. Baby elephants. Weird. Also great. Yeah. They don't look real. They look like weird aliens. There was a video yeah. of these dudes saving a baby elephant, and then it, oh, ran yeah, it runs to his mama. To its mom. Oh, How about that? You? Everyone yes. loves that shit. And then That's it a- cries. 
Um, Do your best elephant sound. I don't. I don't have any good ones. <laughs> and on that note, we'll see you next week.